The Northern Crown, Chapter 1, The Valley, 2811 Lima, 3 April 2024, Artemis, Rho Corona Borealis System, 57 light years from Earth. Roiling clouds abutted against the mountains on the far side of the valley as thunder rumbled beyond. Three broad spikes crowned in snow glistened in the face of the setting sun. A plateau stood alone behind them, enduring the lightning and frozen rain. The western ridge had crumbled long ago. Proud spires, now frightening masses of black and white stone shrouded in evergreen trees. The river below flowed swiftly from north to south, bowing into a broad S as it left the crater lake behind. The crater, a perfect circle among the jagged and cracked earth, stared up at the alien stars in the darkening sky, an impossibly blue eye peering into the deep. The wind bit his lips and throat with every breath, the frost gathering in his beard and mustache. The sun was dipping below the western horizon. The sleet and freezing rain were turning into snow, and the whispering breeze was picking up into a howling gale. His legs were numb below the knees, his hands were like clubs, and his shoulders screamed with every jolt down the mountain pass. He paused, leaning up against a pine as he sucked on his camelback tube, listening. The pines shivered in the wind, the ferns rattled as they curled up for the night, and the birds held their silence as the monster stalked his prey. His amber eyes scanned the trees in the valley below, the impact crater just a few miles from a continental divide. The deep blue lake stretched out below him, rimmed with black cliffs, the last remnants of an ancient asteroid. He couldn't make the cabin before nightfall, and he wouldn't dare travel at night. He drove on, faster this time. He needed to make the lake before night, or he might be stuck at high altitude for half of tomorrow. The blizzard was coming, and he couldn't afford the lost time. Shit, he gasped as he tripped and rolled down the rocky path, face planting into the roots of a tree. He wiped the blood from his lip, pushed himself up and froze the noise. A bird squawked and fluttered out of its nest a hundred meters away. He breathed low and scanned the area again. A flicker of movement caught his eye, and he dashed down the path again, running on peg legs that were somehow coming back to life. He couldn't let them catch him. He couldn't let them find it. Not yet. Not until tomorrow, at least. He tore off his pack and tossed it into the brush, sprinting now as the path leveled out to the lake. The cliff was there. This was his chance, his last chance to escape for a little while longer. Thundering, bounding footsteps accelerated down upon him as he threw himself off the ledge and into the dark water below. His diaphragm contracted violently as the freezing water drove his body into shock. He sunk into the depths, his jaw clenched, and his mind wandered out of consciousness. He vaguely remembered being pulled from the water, being tossed up the cliff, and tied down. 
the rush of water forced from his lungs, and the warmth of fire brought him back to life in an instant. Jordan, Major Marshal Guardian Allen, greeted him with a beaming smile. Long time. Marshall placed his hand over the canteen cup, taking comfort in the boiling, instant chicken noodle soup that constituted his measly dinner. Jordan Howard watched with rapt attention, his stomach growling all the while. When's the last time you ate, Jay? Marshall asked. Howard hesitated. If he started talking, it would be difficult to stop. But he couldn't remember the last time he'd eaten, and he was hungry now. I don't know. Marshall looked at him with scorn. Packed a little light, did you? Howard nodded. In a hurry, he paused, staring at the cup again. Alan, please, don't sweat it. Marshall cut him off with a wave of the hand. I'll feed you. He met Howard's eye. Just tell me why you did it. Howard felt a dryness in his throat as he tried to swallow. Snow's coming soon. Where'd you intend to stay? Marshall asked. In my tent. Then I'd better make camp. Marshall rose and dumped the contents of Howard's pack on the ground. Very light. Howard's pack weighed less than 30 pounds, with less than a liter's worth of water in his camelback, and no food remaining. Ten pounds worth was the compact Arctic tent he had stolen from the station. Marshall wheeled on his prisoner. What the hell were you thinking? Are you intent on dying out here? Howard smiled bitterly. Would have kept things simple, wouldn't it? Marshall's face flushed with pain. What happened to you, man? Howard's smile twisted into a mangled, scornful glower, and he was silent. The wind whistled through and curled the branches as the temperature dropped below zero, the star creeping below the horizon. Marshall broke the tent kit into its individual pieces, laying them out on the ground. Something called forth a nagging feeling from the back of his mind. What am I missing? He thought, looking between Howard's pack and the disassembled tent. Where's your sleeping bag, Jay? Marshall asked. He held his silence, staring at the cuffs in their interlinked chains, counting his pulse in his wrists. Marshall knelt in front of him, inches from his nose as he breathed. Where did you plan on staying tonight? Howard shook his head pathetically, avoiding the eyes of his captor. Fine, Marshall growled, and he shoved him down on the stretcher board. No, Howard groaned, struggling against the straps on his chest as the final tie secured his head. We don't have to do it this way. Marshall pressed the towel down over his face and wrapped it with electrical tape. Howard's plea was muffled as Marshall lowered his face under the waterfall flowing down from the rocks. Howard thrashed futilely as Marshall counted down from thirty. Marshall lifted the towel from his mouth and asked, Where? Is the sun down yet? Howard asked. Marshall cocked his head quizzically before realizing what he was asking. Oh, I see. Howard sucked in air through his mouth, awaiting the next onslaught of water. Who are you meeting out here? Marshall asked, steam rolling out of his nose as he peered down at the prisoner. Howard failed to answer. You know we're stuck here, right? Howard smiled. Marshall shook his head in disgust as he replaced the towel over Howard's mouth. He donned his helmet 
and scanned across the lake to the base of the eastern ridge. He switched his view to thermal and saw the faintest hint of a plume emanating from deep within the trees. Home away from home. Howard tried to blow the towel flap off his mouth, but Marshall held the man's mouth shut. He twitched his jaw, keying a button on the inside of his helmet, increasing the sound amplification of his helmet-mounted microphones. Marshall filtered out the background sound with an adjustment on his arm pad and listened. Behind the wind, the creaking of wood, and the rustling of leaves, he heard a sniffling. It was up the hill behind him, back the way they'd come. Marshall turned his head and scanned for thermal plumes, and he saw one. He wrapped his armored fingers around Howard's neck and squeezed like a vice. Expecting someone, the guardian growled, his eyes darting between the trees as he continued scanning. He loosened his grip, and Howard sputtered, No! Marshall's hand bit like a python as he leaned his weight and hate into him. Try again. Not yet! Howard coughed, then sputtered as Marshall tightened down again. Keep quiet or I'll tear your head off, the guardian rumbled. Marshall released his grip and removed the towel. He pulled Howard, still wrapped up in a plastic stretcher, closer to the fire and retrieved his rifle from his back. If you want your friend to live, now's the time to say so, Marshall whispered. I don't have any friends here, Howard hissed, angry now. Marshall hefted his rifle and acquired his target. The thermal plume shifted to his right, stepping down the path slowly and deliberately. His HUD displayed wind speed and direction, calculating ballistics for him as the rangefinder mounted on the brow of his helmet ranged his target. 400 meters and closing slowly, he adjusted the magnification on his Schmidt and Bender scope from 3 to 10 power, the white and gray thermal signature taking a vague shape. He adjusted the magnification of his Schmidt and Bender scope from 3 to 10 power, the white and gray thermal signature taking a vague shape. Marshall read the ballistic data on his HUD, holding up and to the right of his target to compensate for wind and bullet drop. He sucked in a breath and pushed it out slowly. He relaxed his shoulders as he tensed the sling under his left elbow. He finalized his point of aim as the wind died for a moment pulling the slack of the match-grade trigger to the breaking point and squeezing through in one controlled motion. Marshall's Heckler & Koch HK-417A2 assault rifle bucked slightly in his massive arms. The rifle's suppressed crack cut through the driving wind as it sent a 7.83 by 33mm armor-piercing incendiary round up the gently gaining slope and into the target 400 meters away. The round popped as it struck stone after passing through the lightweight creature. Marshall watched through the scope as the body dropped and twitched on the ground. He switched his view to visual spectrum light just as the white belly of the spotted ram upturned as it tumbled down the path for the last time. Marshall sighed in relief, smiling at himself as he shook his head. I guess it's mutton for dinner. Howard ground his teeth and gave away our position. The fire did that long ago, Marshall rebutted. Never would have been necessary had you not thrown yourself into the drink. Howard didn't answer, and Marshall squatted down next to him. What are you afraid of? Not me, evidently. Too late for that. He scanned the valley with thermals again and stopped. No plumes, 
No targets. No sounds or signs of wildlife besides the one he had just killed. He hurried up the slope, cutting the path as he rushed to find his kill. The ram was there, breathing his last among a leafless thicket. He pulled the animal out by the horns and dropped it on the path. He knew little of the fauna of the planet. The station, only a year old, and the permanent surface base was founded six months after that, but a ram's a ram. The horns were heavy curls, marred by decades of fighting and bounding up mountains. The fur was pale and blotchy. The teeth ringed, and too many were broken. The old ram was frail, separated from the herd, walking in open country with a blizzard on its way from the east. Marshall patted the beast's shoulder. You're alone in a place everything else knows to avoid. He looked down the slope at his campsite, the faintest impression of smoke rising from the fire. Where were you running to, Jay? He decided to talk with his prisoner again. The thermal signature across the lake, Marshall bent over to the man, his red visor and white skull smiling down. What is it? Howard sighed. A cabin. You built it? Howard kept silent. Marshall cocked his head again, this time in confusion. And who the fuck did? He looked across the water and deep into the trees. It's warm in there. Howard's jaw twitched. Marshall smiled as he lifted Howard's rucksack, stuffing the prisoner's supplies back into the pack. He secured the undersized rucksack to the outside of his own and grabbed the stretcher's carrying handle. You gonna drag me out of there? Howard whined. That's right, Marshall nodded as he started out to the north and around the lake. Snow started to fall as the wind picked up. Gusts upwards of 50 miles per hour that buffeted the armored commando and his cocoon prisoner. The thunder grew closer as the towering black clouds crept up to the eastern edge of the valley. Marshall scanned the darkness as the star disappeared and the ice on the lake thickened. Why did you ask if the sun had gone down? Marshall asked. I guess I wanted more time, Howard replied. More time for what? Marshall asked, lifting him over his shoulders and carrying him like a log as he waded through the partially frozen river. To be in control? Howard replied with a smile. Marshall dropped him on the far bank and closed his hand on Howard's throat. Try again. Howard coughed. I was waiting. You had a rendezvous? Howard nodded. In the cabin? Marshall pointed. Howard looked at him. Who's waiting for you? Marshall asked, remembering something. Howard didn't answer, which was fine because Marshall wasn't listening. Marshall's eyes went wide for a moment as he remembered. Your girlfriend? Fuck off, Howard spat. Latina, right? Marshall grinned, kneeling on Howard's chest. Maria? No, that wasn't it. He was terrible with names, but he figured he'd find out soon enough. The ice groaned with the shifting tides, the double moons pulling extra hard on the water level below the cliffs. Marshall watched the rock as it seeped down into the water, perfect cuts in the black stone driven deep into the furrows of Artemis. Beams of moonlight broke through the clouds and cast pale cones on the black glass. Marshall's armor shifted its hue from green, brown, and black to white with black stripes automatically the sensors on his helmet telling the skin what tones were appropriate. 
Considering his load and the dead weight, the powered suit trudged along at a quick pace. All the while, snow layered itself onto his helmet and shoulders. He circled around to the north, gaining altitude as they entered the trees. Black and green spears against frostbitten ferns and bushes curled and folded against the elements. He took cover in the washes, scaling the broad ridges swiftly and pausing to listen occasionally. The cabin rested in a nook formed by a cleft in the rock, a cliff topped by an overhang rimmed with icicles, a toothy mouth hanging over the picturesque log cabin. Smoke billowed from the stone chimney and curled up into the pines. Tiny windows flooded the golden light onto the porch where a rocking chair sat tipping in the wind. In the warm light spilling out into the woods beyond the cabin, the faintest hint of footprints could be seen in the snow. A trail led into the forest to the southeast. So, Marshall turned to Howard. What'd you tell her? Fuck off, Howard growled from under the ram's carcass. Let me be clear with you, Howard. Marshall leaned into his face. If I have to kill this woman, I will lay her crushed, frozen body at your feet and force you to dig her grave with your bare hands. If you kill her, I'll gut you, Howard stared up at the red visor, blinding hate in his eyes. We'll see. Marshall dropped his rucksack and crept forward. The spindly shadows of the trees covered his advance as snow flurries further impaired his vision. His visor filtered through multiple settings, overlaying IR and visible light with thermal and UV. It finally settled on a thermal visual overlay that cast the cabin in white and red gloss. The snow crunched under his feet. The pine branches swatted at his armor, and the wind howled louder and louder as he approached the lonely home. He placed an armored hand on the chimney, gray stone glowing from the eastern end of the house and stepping around to the back. The teeth of the overhang rattled in the wind as he stepped under them. The darkness behind the house was cold and empty, except for a stack of firewood leaning up against the sheltered cliff face. He went to the stack. There had been a layer of ice over the tarp covering the wood, but it was broken and a new coat of frost was forming. The back door stained a deep red, had no window or peephole. Marshall decided to knock, once, then twice, and he waited. Nothing answered. He tested the knob and found the door to be locked. He squared up to the door and kicked it down with one powerful step, flowing in to his left and opposite the fireplace. Snow and freezing wind drove in with him as he scanned the room, his gun-mounted light illuminating the shadows. Candles flickered and extinguished. The fire buffeted in the gale, and the room was silent. A light puffed back to life, and the gas stove resumed its burning. A metal teapot atop the grate. Marshall killed the burner and opened the teapot, lifting it to his visor to smell it. Nothing but steam emanated from the pot, but a mug on the counter held ground tea leaves in a filter ready to brew. Marshall looked out the front door in the direction of his prisoner. He wondered how much time he had before the girl froze to death. Stay here, Marshall ordered, as he dropped Howard, still cocooned in front of the fireplace. No shit, Howard scoffed. Marshall headed out the back door, pressing the door closed and sealing it with duct tape. The trail was still there, shuffling steps through the rapidly thickening snow. 
Where the hell are you going? Marshall asked the prince as he followed them, thunder rumbling to the southeast where the tracks led. Marshall asked the prince as he followed them, thunder rumbling to the southeast where the tracks led. <clears throat> 